We're going to look at a few passages. I think I've got five or six passages to look at first. And then we're going to primarily be in the book of Psalms um, tonight and uh, look at several things there. I started a series last week. I don't know yet how many weeks it will go. I've got several subjects to deal with. Uh, I think right now I've got three uh, additional ones from, from tonight. and There may be another one or two after that uh, that we may do. But um, on the subject or on the question... Uh, how do I measure up? It's interesting that uh, the Bible was given to us for two reasons. And I used this kind of foundationally last year or last week to, to teach on this. It was primarily given to us to show us how to go to heaven. And I'm thankful God told us how to go to heaven and makes it very clear in scriptures. A lot of people out there that talk about all these different ways to go to heaven and they add things to it and they take things away from it. And I'm thankful the Bible is very clear about what it takes to go to heaven. Uh, I had an opportunity this week to uh, go out with the Newtons and to spend some time talking with Damon a little bit further. Uh, he came forward a week ago Sunday to uh, trust the Lord as his Savior. And just I, I, was, I was just reminded once again as I was talking with him and sharing some things with him, the simplicity of the gospel. It's not complicated. God didn't make it complicated. He made it very simple. And uh, what a joy it is and that even a child can understand it and understand it clearly and uh, rejoice in that. But the second reason that he gave us the Scripture is to know how to live once we are saved. And he gives us a whole book of instructions, uh, both of what not to do and what to do. And, of course, uh, the Bible tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And it gives us four things that it's profitable for, uh, doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. So I'm glad that it teaches us things as well as uh, not helping us to know how to go to heaven uh, when we die and to get our salvation taken care of. Last week, we dealt with the subject of faith. And when, it, when we try to figure out how we're doing in our Christian life, uh, oftentimes what our human nature is, is to compare ourselves with someone else. And we say, okay, well, I'm doing better than so-and-so, or I'm not as bad as so-and-so. And that's usually our measurement of how well we're doing spiritually. Uh, or I go to such and such a church, and our church is better than this church over here, so we must be doing better. But can I tell you this? Our church is not our authority of faith and practice. This pastor is not our authority of faith and practice. I can teach you what our authority says, but it is not me. Our authority is the Bible. The Bible is what tells us how we're to live. And it tells us not only how to live, but it gives us some things that happen along the way. It gives us, if you will, um, kind of some milestones that we can mark our progress and we can measure ourselves. And so I've titled the series, How Do I Measure Up? And we're going to deal with different topics each week. How do I measure up? And last week we dealt with... How do I measure up when it comes to the things regarding my faith? Faith is kind of the foundational one that everything else is built on. It's the cornerstone. Uh, it's, the, it's the footer. If you know about building houses and pouring a slab, before you can build anything, you've got to put the foundation in. And faith is that, is that subject of our lives that everything else is predicated on. Without faith, we can't trust the Bible to teach us the other things that we need to know. It is vitally important. Tonight we're going to deal with... Uh, how does it measure up, how do I measure up when it comes to my Bible reading, my Bible reading? How am I knowing whether I'm doing well with it or not? How am I knowing if I'm doing, making progress in it or not? And again, the Bible teaches us 
that when our Bible reading is the way that it should be, uh, here are the things that characterize a vibrant walk with the Lord in His Word. And so we're going to look at some of those things tonight. Let's look in Romans chapter 10 first and verse number 17. Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 17. There's a reason why we've made this the second one in the line of the subjects that we're going to deal with because it tells us here in verse number 17, So then faith, which is what we dealt with last week, cometh by hearing and hearing by the what? By the Word of God. Alright? So one of the first marks of uh, whether our Bible reading is what it should be or not comes back to the question we asked last week, and that is how do I measure up in my faith? If my faith is weak, then I can mark it down. My Bible reading is weak. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And this book will help build your faith. So it's foundational. Uh, Again, faith being the foundational thing, but the Bible is the thing that that builds that faith, that grows that faith, and that's where we get the faith from uh, to believe. If we didn't have the truth of God's Word, what would we put our faith in? It has to be this book. So let's look at a couple of other passages kind of foundationally on this subject, and then we're going to look at uh, a couple of uh, portions of Scripture that tell us very clearly some of the milestones, some of the landmark uh, steps of uh, reading our Bible and how we measure up to it. Matthew chapter number 4. Matthew chapter number 4. <clears throat> and uh, we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 1. And uh, before I read this, I do want to say <clears throat> that sometimes when it comes to the things of our Bible reading, we get in the, in the ruts. We get in a routine, don't we? Uh, and when it starts off, uh, maybe we've been away from reading our Bible for a while and we say, boy, the new year's starting and I'm going to make it a, a goal to read my Bible every day this year. And we come up with a plan. Maybe we even have a Bible reading schedule. And if we're not careful, we will go through the motions of reading Scripture. And I, I'm all for having a systematic way of reading Scripture. I am all for having a special time set aside to read Scripture. I think both of those things help us to develop the habit of reading Scripture. But can I tell you this, that we don't want it to just become the habit. We want there to be a a hunger and a thirst to read it. Uh, It's sad that we have to do things such as make a schedule or set a special time because the truth of the matter is when we're saved and the Holy Spirit lives within us and this is the book that He has written to us, it ought to be something that we crave that we just long for. We just want to read it. And yet, oftentimes, we say, well, set a special time. It'll help you you stay faithful to it. And it will. Or or have a a systematic way of reading. Maybe read the Pauline epistles, or maybe read the the poetic books, or uh, maybe read books of prophecy, and and, and maybe have a system of, of reading Scripture, and that lends itself to help you with reading Scripture. But don't just read Scripture for the sake of reading Scripture. Look what the Bible says here in Matthew chapter 4, as we get to verse 1. The Bible says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward of what? He was what? He was hungered. So even though he's God, he's in flesh, and his body was hungering, and he felt that. 
And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now, talk about somebody who knows how to tempt. Satan is not a dummy when it comes to the things of tempting. He knows to find your weakness and try to exploit it. And he tried it with the Son of God here. He tried to take the hunger that Christ had physically, and he tried to tempt him with it by saying, Command that these stones be made bread. And I want you to notice what Jesus says here. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every what word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Do you know the principle that Jesus is, is illustrating when he says this? He's illustrating the issue that reading the Bible ought to be so important to us that even the needs of the body are secondary. The things that we long for in Scripture ought to draw our hearts even more than the fleshly urges of hunger or privation. I wonder, when it comes to my reading of Scripture, do I long for the Scriptures that way? I'll tell you, I, I've tried to work on some things weight-wise and health-wise, and I'm, I'm eating two main meals a day and having some small snacks in between. And uh, here lately, some, maybe it's because of some of the medicine I'm on or something, uh, here lately, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I just get to where I, I tell Jonathan, i got to have something to eat. And it got so bad today, I was like, man, i got to go. I don't know if we can make it to the restaurant. i got to have something to eat. I mean, I'm fading quick. Uh, I need something to eat. Do I long for the Bible like that? Do I get to the place where I've got to read my Bible? Oh, I need to get to it today. I, I've been so busy this morning. I, I can't wait. I need, to, I need to get to it. The Lord Jesus gives us an, a, an example here. That even though He had fasted, notice this, for 40 days. Now, can I tell you, you fast for overnight and you're hungry. 40 days. Satan comes to him and says, man, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I'd rather hear the Word of God is what he was saying. I'd rather know the Word of God. I'd rather feast upon it than my own physical needs. When it comes to our Bible reading, are we just plodding through it because of a schedule? Are we marking off our daily Bible reading instead of chapters that we're supposed to do? I'm not opposed to those things, but where's the heart in it? Where's the hunger for it, the thirst for it? Look with me in Job 23, and Job kind of expresses the same thing here. Job 23, if you will, all the way back before the book of Psalms. If you get to Psalms, go back one book. Job 23, <clears throat> in verse number 8, Job says, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. And he's speaking here, he was in such throes that he felt like God just wasn't anywhere. And we know that the psalmist says, God is everywhere. If I go to heaven, uh, ascend to the heavens, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I go to the uttermost parts of the earth, behold, thou art there. 
And yet Job felt like he couldn't even see God anywhere. You ever been there? It gets to that point, doesn't it? Our relationship with God, our walk with God grows stale and stagnant. It feels like I'm reading the Bible and not getting anything from it. Notice what he says here. But he knoweth the way that I take. And aren't we glad of that? Even when we can't see him, we can have faith that he sees us. He knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back, notice this, from the what? Commandment of his lips. Job says, I'm going to obey Scripture even when I feel like God is not anywhere around. Even when the, when the, the, the life circumstances are just dragging me down, I'm still going to be faithful to this book. And he says this, I have, look in verse number 12, I have what? Esteemed the words of his mouth, notice this, more than my necessary food. Do we hunger and thirst for the Scriptures this way? Or has it just become routine? It's... I'm thankful for Christians that stay faithful and are faithful in church and are faithful to walk with God for years and even decades after they're saved. But I will say this, that there is a danger of being saved for so many years and allowing our walk with God to become mundane, to become routine. There is nothing routine about coming before the presence of of God Almighty and communing with Him and talking with Him and allowing His words and His Holy Spirit that lives inside of you to bring to life those words in your life. There is no substitute for that. There's nothing mundane about that. There's nothing careless or apathetic about that. There's something that is enthralling about that. Something that ought to, for a Christian, be a joy and an excitement to them. Now look in Second Peter chapter 3, and then we're going to be uh, moving uh, to just a handful of other verses. I, I don't mean to have you turning a ton here, but it's important that we get some of these things down. Second Peter chapter number 3. And I want you to notice in verse number 18 that God gives us some instruction by way of Peter... The inspiration of the Holy Spirit led him to write these words to us. But grow in grace and in the what? Knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. There's only one way that we learn about the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is through His Word. Well, I can't say two. We can also see it through His working in our life. But a lot of what we know about Christ, we find in His Word. And we are to, the Bible says here, grow in it. We're not to just maintain. We're not to just stay put. We're to grow. So what are some of the things that the Bible teaches us or shows us that are the increments on the spiritual tape measure? 
that we can put alongside of our life and measure ourselves and say, how am I doing? How do I measure up in these areas? So let's look at a few of these very quickly. 2 Timothy chapter 2, a verse that a lot of people can quote, but again, it's one of the things that we measure our Bible reading from. When it comes to this Bible reading, is it just a mundane function? Is it just a habitual thing I do? Or is it something that is the thrill of my heart? Look with me in 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 15. The Bible says this, Study to show thyself, what? Approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There are two things I've written down here that are earmarks, they're, they're, they're landmarks, they're milestones, if you will, in our lives that we can gauge. How is my Bible reading? The first one is this. Does it bring God's approval in my life? You say, well, how will I know that? If it's not God's approval, the Holy Spirit of God brings conviction to our hearts. And the Bible has a way of getting us to the place where we are either convicted of something or we are at peace with it because we are practicing it. And the Bible is what does that for us. So the first thing that the Word of God, reading the Word of God does, and the first mark on the tape measure, if you will, of my, my, my reading of Scripture is, has it brought God's approval to my life? Is it chipping away at the things that shouldn't be there? And is it encouraging me to build on a foundation of things that should be there? And the only way I can measure that is by what the Word of God tells me on it. The second thing I find from this is that it also will increase our ability to understand the Word of God correctly. Notice what it says here. Study to show thyself approved unto God. That's one of the things that studying will do. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed... Why is it that he's not ashamed? The reason he's not ashamed is because he's able to rightly divide the word of truth. There are, a, there are times sometimes when somebody will come to me and they'll say, uh, Pastor, uh, did you know the Bible teaches this? And they'll tell me what the Bible teaches. And I'll, I'll look at them kind of funny. I'll be like, don't know that I've ever seen that in Scripture. Can you tell me where? And they'll take me to an obscure passage. And, uh, and they'll pull something out in the passage that is out of context. Uh, I, I, I was going to give you an illustration, but I'm not going to do that. I think we all understand where that, where that happens. And one of the marks of our Bible reading being what it should is that we have a good working knowledge of it and that that knowledge of the Scriptures is growing day by day in our lives. We're able to rightly divide it. We begin to understand how to read this verse because it ties with a truth we've read somewhere else in Scripture. And we know that since it all agrees, that that's a right understanding of that verse. And that is a mark of growing in the area of our Bible reading. It's a measurement. It's a, a mark on the spiritual tape measure, if you will, of reading our Bibles are we able to rightly understand, rightly teach the Scriptures more and more day by day? Now, you say, well, won't I get to the point where eventually I'll just plateau? 
Anybody know everything there is to know about Scripture here today? I better put my hand down because I don't either. And so the mark of this and the, the instruction we have from Second uh, Peter is that we're to grow in it. Day by day, we should be understanding Scripture a little bit more. When I came out of Bible college, I say this to my shame, I, I thought, man, I, I got a, I've got a bachelor degree in, in uh, religious studies, and boy, I mean, somebody, you just, just ask me the questions. I'll, get you, I'll let you know what the answers are. And boy, I mean, I knew this book well. And it's amazing in 30 years of ministry how I have lost a lot of that knowledge. Because there I have more questions today sometimes than I did when I first came out of college. And the reason is the book is inexhaustible. And there ought to be, in this, this hunger that I was speaking of earlier, this thirst for the Scriptures, there ought to be a, a curiosity and inquisitiveness of, I want to learn more. I want to understand more. Why? Because it's a mark of having proper Bible reading and growing in the area of my walk with God in the area of reading Scriptures. It allows me to rightly divide the Word of Truth. I'll, I'll be real frank with you. I've had times as I've preached that I've been fortunate enough to have people, well, sometimes unfortunate enough to have some people come in the wrong way and say, Pastor, that's not right. Uh, I've had others that have said, Pastor, man, I, let's, let's look at this a little closer. I've had to look at it a little closer and be like, you know what, I, I didn't see that. You're right. I didn't understand that passage the way I should have understood that. And that's a mark as we study Scripture, growing more and more in understanding Scripture. And, and I would say this. If you've been saved uh, X number of years and you don't feel any more prepared to explain something of Scripture to someone than you did when you first got saved, that's, that's not a good sign. That means we're not growing in the area of our Bible reading. Now, I understand there's going to be things you're not going to know. There's, there's things I look at Scripture and I'm like, oh, I just don't know if I fully understand that yet. Uh, I get questions sometimes from people. And there's sometimes I have to say, you know what, you're going to have to give me some time. I've got to read that a little further. I need to, I need to look more on that. And, and it's going to happen. But it shouldn't be the same as it was five years ago or ten years ago or fifteen years ago. There should be some growing in that area. All right? Look with me. Just uh, flip the page over to chapter number three. We already quoted this in verse number 16. All scriptures give my inspiration of God and is profitable. Here we go. For doctrine, a mark, a mark in the spiritual tape measure of our Bible reading is, do I have more solid doctrine today than I had when I first got saved? Has the Bible taught me pure doctrine? It's a result of proper Bible reading, studying Rightly dividing the word of truth and understanding the doctrine because of it. It's one of those marks. Notice it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Are we making changes in our life as we read Scripture to become more conformed to what it says? That's a mark. That's a mark. If the Bible teaches, and I don't know how many times I've heard somebody say this. Well, Pastor, I know the Bible says this, 
But, and then they go on to try to justify why they don't follow what the Bible says. Can I tell you this? That's a mark that your Bible reading isn't what it should be. Because our Bible reading is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction. And then notice this, instruction in righteousness. Do I know more today about what God says a Christian ought to be than I did the day I got saved? I hope I do. I hope day by day I'm learning more and more about what He wants me to be from His Word. It's profitable in those areas. Now turn to John chapter 17, and then we're going to be in Psalms after this. John chapter 17. I've tried to, tried to not have a ton of jumping around through Scripture, but sometimes we have to go to places to get to some of this. John chapter 17, the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, first part of the New Testament. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy what? Word is what? Truth. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus is teaching here that the word of God will bring a sanctifying work to our lives. Now, some people say, boy, that's a big word, Brother Greg. I've heard people say it in church, and I know it's a Christian word. I know it's a church word. What does it mean to be sanctified? Sanctification, I uh, I looked it up in the Webster's 1828, and, and he's got a good way of writing these things in there and using even passages of Scripture to show their usage. But he wrote this. He said the top two definitions of this that pertain to Scripture are He says, in a general sense, it is to cleanse, to purify, to make holy. Now, that's the first definition he gives. So, our Bible reading will have that effect on us. It will cleanse us. It will purify us. And it will make us holy. Now, there's three parts to that. The cleansing is getting rid of the things that are already in our lives that shouldn't be there. The purifying is putting a heart and a desire to do what's right. The mind being pure. And then becoming holy is an outward effect of that heart condition. All of that is sanctification. Undoing the things that we should not be doing. Changing the heart and having a desire to do the things that are right. And then allowing that to be acted out in our lives. And that, the Bible says is part of what the Bible will do. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The truth that we find in this book will have a sanctifying effect on our lives. And then the second definition is this, to separate. Can I tell you this, that when we are sanctified by the word of God, you won't have to worry about becoming separated. You will be separated. Because if your heart is pure and your actions are holy, I'm going to tell you, I don't know if you've looked around the world lately or not, but the world is not that. And just by the course of the effect of God's Word in our lives, it will separate us. I know we teach this and we preach you need to be separated 
But can I tell you this? It really ought be the natural working of the Word of God through His Holy Spirit in our hearts. To set apart to a holy or sacred use. That's what sanctifying is. And Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now let's go to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. So when our Bible reading is what it should be, it will bring God's approval in our lives. We'll either have conviction going on all the time, or we'll be doing and conforming to what the Bible says, and then we'll have peace, and we won't be convicted all the time. But one of those two will happen. It increases our ability to understand the truth of God's Word. It will teach us doctrine. It will reprove and correct us. It will instruct us in righteousness. It will sanctify us. Now, if these things are not happening in our lives, then I don't care how many words on the page you're reading, your Bible reading is not what it should be. These are marks of proper Bible reading. How do I measure up? How do you measure up? Is this book having the effect on us that God intends for it to have? Now, let's look in Psalm 19, verse number 7. In fact, some of you may know this. It's a Scripture song. Great, great Scripture. I love Scripture songs. They help us memorize, and and they're great to sing sometimes. Uh, Verse number 7. Notice this. The law of the Lord is perfect. Notice, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Notice this. Making what? Wise the simple. In Proverbs... The Solomon uses a personification of wisdom. He, he, he refers to wisdom as, as a lady. And then he refers to uh, an, uh, the opposite or the antithesis of wisdom being the strange woman. And he talks about the fact that this, this man, this young man, and, in Bible re- and Solomon refers to him as a simple man, was walking in the street... The strange woman calls to him and tries to entice him. And because of his simple-mindedness, he is prone to that temptation. But wisdom calleth out and says to the young man, I don't want you to go there, I want you to come here. When we come to this passage, the Bible tells us that it gives wisdom to the simple. And by simple, we don't mean uncomplicated. We mean someone who's not got a lot of maturity spiritually. They've not learned enough Scripture. They've not had the discernment that Scripture gives them yet to to determine what's right and wrong. And so the reading of Scripture develops the ability to discern between what's right and what's wrong. Or better yet, I like to say it this way, it helps us to discern between what's Good and what's best. Because a Christian should never have to sit and say, should I choose right or wrong? We know better. But sometimes we say, well, this is good. It's okay. I'd rather find what the Bible says and do the best. 
The Bible gives some wisdom to the simple. So we read it to learn from it. We learn it to get its wisdom. There are decisions that we make in our lives as we read Scripture. That the Bible doesn't specifically deal with the decision we're having to make, but because of the wisdom of it, we understand that there's a right choice and a wrong choice in this matter. It gives us wisdom. All right? Number, verse number uh, 7 also, or verse number 8, I'm sorry. The statutes of the Lord are right. Notice this. I love this one. Rejoicing the heart. Rejoicing the heart. When our Bible reading is what it should, it brings rejoicing to the heart. There will be a countenance about us. I'm going to have to pick up there because I'm only halfway through the lesson, and it's 8.01. But I want us to look at one verse of Scripture, one passage of Scripture, real quick, before we go, on that last thing, that it brings rejoicing to the heart. And it's found in Psalm 1. Just turn back a few pages and we'll be done. Psalm 1. And if I could summarize all of these, these things into one passage, I would say Psalm 1 is a good one for this. But it's important that we know each of the little measurement steps that the Bible gives us with regards to our Bible reading. All of these things ought to, ought to be characteristic of our life when it comes to our reading of Scripture. Now notice what he says here in verse number 1. He's talking about the blessed man. He tells three things we should not do. And one thing in verse number 2 that we should do. Notice what the thing is that we should do, this blessed man should do. It says this, verse number 2. But his what? Verse number 2, Psalm 1. But his what? Delight is in the law of the Lord. Do you love this book? Do you cherish this book? Is this something that you think, boy, I can't wait to read it today. Oh, I long for it. When we wake up in the morning, do we think, well, I want to read my Bible this morning. Before we go to bed at night, say, boy, I've been away from it far too long. I just want to read a few verses before I go to bed. I delight in it. Notice he says this. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law doth he meditate day and what? Meditating day and night is not a, it's not a, um, a thing that we try to do. It is the fruit born out of a heart that delights in the book. We meditate day and night, not because we have to, but because we get to. We love it so much. We cherish it so much. We want its wisdom. We want its instruction. We don't like it as much, but we even want its reproof. And we want its correction. It's the delight of our hearts. He shall be like the tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. I want you to notice this. His leaf also shall what? Not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. His leaf also shall not wither. I've said this before. You know what the first sign of a tree or a plant not getting enough water is? You know what it is? It starts to wither. It starts to shrivel up, doesn't it? We talk about this idea of delighting in the Word. You know what a Christian's leaf is? A withered leaf is the outward sign of something that's happening on the inside of that tree. You know what the Christian's leaf is? 
our countenance, our demeanor. If there is no rejoicing in our life ever, now I'm not talking about having a bad hair day and you get down a little bit, but is your life characterized by rejoicing? Is your life characterized by delighting in the things of the Lord? This is one of the earmarks. This is one of the measurements of a proper relationship in reading Scripture. We learn to delight in it. It becomes the delight of our hearts. And this delight causes our leaf not to wither. There are times somebody will ask me how I'm doing. And as I get older, I don't have as many good days as I used to have when I was younger. But... Can I tell you this? There's days you don't feel well. There's days that physically you're not doing good. But is your life characterized? Do people look at you and say, boy, they always have such an upbeat spirit. There's always something joyful about them. There's There's something unique about them. They have a delight in something that I can't quite put my finger on. Do we delight in the Word of God? We're going to end there, all right, for tonight. I appreciate your patience. I'm halfway through this lesson, so we'll pick up there next week. We'll give a quick review next week. But folks, our Bible reading, I'm burdened about this. I've been in and out of this in my life over over years, and the sad thing is it probably won't be the last time I'm in where I get more excited about it at times of my life and less excited about it at times of my life. Sometimes I get more out of my Bible reading. Sometimes I get less out of my Bible reading. Can we learn to measure from the Scriptures how our Bible reading is? And if it's lacking, then let's ask the Lord, Lord, help me in this. If I've lost my joy, if I've lost my desire in it, if I've lost my hunger and thirsting for it, then Lord, help help stir that again in me. I want to cherish this book. I want to love this book. I want it to guide my life. I want it to be the thing that makes my decisions for me. Do we delight in it? All right, let's stand together and we'll be dismissed. Father, we're thankful for Your Word. And Lord, what a joy it is that we can hold it in our hands to know that it's something that You, in Your great graciousness and love for us, have given to us. How precious, how precious it is. Lord, there are people in this world today that would give anything to hold a Scripture in their hands. And yet, Lord, tonight, here we stand, having it readily available in our hands, having the liberty and the freedom to read it and even share it with one another, and yet so neglected sometimes in our lives. May we learn to have a proper measuring up. As we grow day by day, may we measure up to the biblical